Stand on the box, stomp your feet, start clapping. Got a real good feeling, something bad about to happen. Had to back it on up, couldn't make it to the service Grabbed all the cash underneath my mattress Got a real good feeling, something bad about to happen What is up, people? This is Variety Bites. I am yours truly, Sean Williams. If you hear a bunch of gunfire and stuff in the background, don't worry, everything's fine. I just got Die Hard playing in the background. Also got doing a live audience in front of me. Well, sort of live audience. I'm dog-sitting tonight, and I got the dogs laying here watching me do this. And hopefully you heard that intro song, unless, well, unless you're on YouTube, and hopefully they don't take the damn thing away. But anyway, like I said, this is Variety Bites. I'm back after a week, so let's get right to it. So it was made official this week that LeBron James has signed his contract with the Lakers. The King has officially arrived in L.A. As a Laker fan, I I couldn't be happier. Because, quite frankly, it means, as I've said this, with him alone, we make the playoffs. How far we'll get in the playoffs remains to be seen. But, as I've said, he's worked with a lot less and gotten to the finals. So... And this brings me to another topic that I've been just aching to talk about. Laker fans suck. Now, hold on. I'm not saying all Laker fans. I myself am a Laker fan, and there are a lot of us that want the team to succeed, that want them to win, and want them to win it all. However, there's a certain cluster of Laker fans that just suck. And I'm talking about the ones who defaced the mural that was made of LeBron James that declared him as the king of L.A., and you had a bunch of idiots not only deface the the mural, saying, La Fraud, no king, and we don't want you, but you also had an even bigger idiot on Twitter, which... Already, just from those words alone, nothing good can come out of it, because really, what good has ever come out of Twitter? I've openly called Twitter the cesspool of social media, and I've seen nothing, nothing to change my mind. But you had an idiot on Twitter actually offer $300 to anybody who defaced that mural. And I feel bad for the guy who made that mural, because of the fact that he fixed it up after the first time it was tagged, and then some idiots did it again. And then he finally just painted over it. Now, look, a mural like what that guy did, that's art. Here's a news flash: Tagging with graffiti, it not only is a dated concept, but it's the same thing that it's been ever since for, well, years. Stupid as hell. And yeah, I'm saying it. Tagging with graffiti is stupid. It is nothing more than spray paint scribble. And for what? What exactly does it prove? Honestly, you could just cover your eyes and spray and shoot 
a can of spray paint at the wall and you'd get the exact same thing than you would if you were looking at what you were doing and actually making your mark. But tagging with graffiti is stupid. The guy offering money to deface a mural is even stupider. And Laker fans who are saying, we don't want LeBron. Yeah, we don't want the best player of this era and the hands down the best player in the league to come to L.A. and sport a Lakers uniform. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> I mean, come on. Hey, Rondo was is going to be a Laker, and you know what? He was on the Celtics team that kicked the living crap out of us in the finals. In fact, he was on the Celtics team that gave us trouble for a while, and you know what? I never said I would like him because he was wearing the jersey of a team I've hated my whole life, but I respected his ability and his skill, and he is that. He's a, he's a very skilled player, and I'm welcoming him to the team. And if you're going to say that it's because you're loyal to Kobe, let me remind you of a couple things. Kobe's retired. He's not coming back. Not only did he embrace LeBron saying, welcome to the Lakers, he endorsed LeBron. So if you're going to use your Kobe Bryant loyalty as an excuse for hating on LeBron, by hating on him and saying, because I'm loyal to Kobe, not only are you, are you an idiot for saying that, but you're basically crapping on Kobe. So really, your loyalty is half-assed, and it just makes you look like a jackass. But you're saying, we don't want LeBron? No. <laughs> the fans that were proud of the mural getting defaced and are sending all this hate to LeBron, like they'd rather lose mercilessly than have LeBron on the team? No. Fans like that, we don't want. Because you're making the rest of us look bad, and frankly, if you're going to act like this, and say you'd rather have the Lakers lose in flaming fashion than to have LeBron in the Laker uniform, then by all means, go to the Clippers and be their problem. Because frankly, as I've said, fans like you guys, we don't need. And just let the rest of us that want to see the Lakers act, actually win and bring another championship home to L.A., just get out of our way and let us enjoy the game so... So to the guy that the guy on Twitter who offered the money for tagging the mural to the guy who defaced the mural both times <laughs> I I can say on behalf of all of us that are the loyal Laker, Laker fans who want the best for the team and actually can call ourselves fans to those to those guys I say I say turn in your Laker fan card don't ever call yourself a Laker fan again, and screw you. Sorry, I got a little negative on that one, but I've been aching to talk about that one for over a week now. So, with all the trades that have been, or with all the moves that have been made in free agency, I mean, the most recent is Isaiah Thomas is off the Lakers and now going to, going to Denver, and. Jeremy Lin is now going to be joining the Atlanta Hawks, and of course, of course Tony Parker going to going to the going to Charlotte. 
So basically, while it looks like right now the big winners were Oklahoma City by keeping um, by keeping who they had, including Paul George, but also the Lakers for acquiring LeBron James. So those were the big winners. And who were the big losers? <laughs> the East Conference. Because let's face it, um, the Celtics and the Sixers are probably the two young and hungry teams and probably the two teams that are most on the rise in the East. But at, right now, at this point, anybody that you throw against the West in the playoffs is gonna, just going to be cannon fodder. I mean, the East is basically just going to be a punching bag come the finals. Now, like I said, though, when talking about LeBron's move, the Lakers are going to make the playoffs with just him alone, but I accept the fact that we're still not better than we're still not better than Golden State, not by a long shot. They still have all their guys for at least another year, and unless something drastic changes, nothing is stopping that Golden State team, bar setting aside injury. Houston is probably the one that's a crapshoot, and maybe the one we can actually get past because. I'm starting to think that their window of opportunity may have been shut and that their best shot at a championship was last year, was this past season. Because if Chris Paul hadn't gotten hurt, who knows what could have happened. The Warriors had to come back and win two, had to win back-to-back games to win that series. All Houston needed to do was win one. If Chris Paul hadn't gotten hurt, who knows what would have happened. But Chris Paul is older. Clearly, clearly he's more injury-prone. And I still think the loss of Trevor Ariza is definitely going to hurt Houston. So we'll see what happens. But it's the first time I can remember being truly excited for, for basketball. Elsewhere with the movies, um, I will get into my personal review of Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I will say that um, two releases for DVD and Blu-ray and for digital, if, depending on which, which format you prefer for collecting movies, Deadpool 2 will be released on digital on August 7th, and I believe it's August 21st it'll be released. Avengers Infinity War will be released on digital on July 31st, and on Blu-ray on August 14th. So whether on digital or on Blu-ray and DVD, they're both within a week of each other. Personally, since I've been collecting my movies on digital on through my iTunes library, and I'm also one of those guys who's impatient and like to own a movie as soon as, that I liked as soon as possible. These two movies being no exception. So I'm anxious to add to add those ones to my movie library. And I could, I'll probably watch the Colossus versus Juggernaut fight from Deadpool 2 a couple more times. But, um... So those were announcements that were made today. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brian H. Waters, host of The Wrestling Room, and you are getting the raw, unfiltered opinion of... Sean Williams. Now back to Variety Bites. That was, of course, my good friend Brian Waters. Make sure you check out the Wrestling Realm with him and Dwayne Allen. Of course, make sure you also check out 
um, Brian's show, Break It Down with Brian H. For all your wrestling knowledge right here on Podbean and, of course, on YouTube. So make sure you guys check that out. All right. So been over a week, and I did get to get the chance to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. In fact, I've actually seen it twice. I seen, I saw it back-to-back. And before you say, God, man, save your money, I had a free ticket from Arclight Cinemas for my birthday, and I didn't think it would cover the 3D, but it actually did. So I saw it the second time in 3D. Now, the first time I saw it, I loved it. The humor was there. Um, the special effects were great. Evangeline Lilly was a badass as as the Wasp. It was pr- it was cool seeing Michelle Pfeiffer as the original Wasp, as Hank Pym's wife, played by Mi- played by Michael Douglas. Which I gotta say this about Michelle Pfeiffer: Does that woman ever age? She's I don't look I don't know what her age is, but she still looks amazing. And, well, I gotta say, I haven't seen her in anything superhero, any kind of superhero movie, since Batman Returns. But, oh, the, mo- the movie was great. Yes, there's two end credit scenes. I'm not gonna spoil them for you. But, if you, I know you're dying to know how, is there, how are they tying in what happened in Avengers Infinity War to this movie. When you see it, you'll know. But, it, this was a great movie. I happen to like this more than the first Ant-Man. And regarding the 3D, the 3D effects were great. I actually enjoyed the 3D version, which is surprising because, quite frankly, I hate 3D. And I'm not saying this to dump on 3D movies. I'm just saying that for the most part, when I've seen a movie in 3D, I'm disappointed by it. The, you either get so used to it that you start to not notice the, the 3D effects or it becomes distracting, or or the glasses are uncomfortable, or just gives you a headache. The only time I can remember actually enjoying a movie in 3D was Avatar. But the way they did this one was really good. Oh, and one other, one other note that's non-3D related that I'll say about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Michael Pena just steals the show. He is just hilarious, and... You are hard-pressed to not bust out laughing watching that guy. I mean, and Paul Rudd, hands down, is the perfect guy to play Scott Lang slash Ant-Man. I mean, he really just makes it his own. And also the element of Scott Lang as a dad with his daughter Cassie is just amazing. I mean, the kid is adorable. The way they interact is you can't help but smile with. And if you haven't seen that movie, definitely see it. I mean, it's not the best Marvel movie, don't get me wrong. It's not at the top of the mountain, but it's definitely worth seeing and entertaining. And it's a different area for Marvel because I feel like the Ant-Man movies, especially this one, is something kids and adults can actually see and enjoy and just have a good time at the movies. So definitely worth checking out so make sure you guys check that out if you haven't already now speaking of movies i for one am not looking forward to mission impossible fallout and then i thought i heard a story circulating on the internet that it's a prequel 
Really? Come on. A prequel? I don't need to know what Ethan Hunt was doing before joining the Mission Impossible team. I don't need to know that. It's just like why I never saw Hannibal Rising. I never needed to know what made Hannibal Lecter start to eat people. I just accepted the fact that he was psychotic, crazy, and uh, sadistic. But I'm kind of hit or miss when it comes to prequels. I mean, it took me a long time before I got into the show Smallville because it was hard for me to watch the series and not accept the fact that you know how it's going to end up. Him and Lex Luthor are friends now, but you know that eventually that friendship is going to go all to hell and they're going to be eternal enemies. So it took me a lot to just finally shake that off and not and not deal with that but it but eventually I got used to it but I don't know I mean I'm entertained by the Mission Impossible movies but they're not exactly what I'd call a favorite then again if doing this movie keeps Tom Cruise out of doing another sequel to The Mummy I'm all for it Because that movie was terrible. I mean, if you haven't seen that movie, then you're one of the lucky ones. But right now, after Ant-Man and the Wasp, it feels like there's absolutely nothing coming out for the summer that I actually want to see. I mean, Mission Impossible, Fallout, Pass, Hotel Transylvania. Honestly, I saw the first one and I was good after that. I never saw the second one, and I never really, I mean, looking at the trailer for the new one, I honestly, I don't see any reason why I would see it. But then again, in my defense, I waited until it was out of theaters before I saw the first Hotel Transylvania. And even when I saw it, it was nothing that I would actually pay the money to see in theaters. But Skyscraper, honestly... If I want to watch a movie like Skyscraper, I'll watch Die Hard. Because all Skyscraper is is basically die, Skyscraper is basically Die Hard, but with The Rock instead of Bruce Willis. And instead of Bruce Willis being barefoot, you have, you have The Rock with uh, one fake leg. That's really all there is to it. And... I really don't see any reason why I would want to see that movie. I keep seeing the commercials for Disney's Christopher Robin with with a grown-up Christopher Robin played by Ewan McGregor, and I've talked about this before. I tell you, even seeing the commercials, I just think, all right, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. I mean, seeing Winnie the Pooh and hearing that voice, I'm just like, I mean, even when you hear him say, oh, bother, I'm like, oh, God. I am going to lose it watching this movie. I mean, if I've said this, that if, you, if you're one of those people that say you didn't like Winnie the Pooh, what the heck is wrong with you? What, how is there anything you could to not like about Winnie the Pooh? It was one of those Disney cartoons that was just so wholesome, heartwarming. And something you can look back on and remember that recognize it as something from 
from better days. Something from your childhood. I mean, that's the what I take out of Winnie the Pooh. I mean, I know I know that wrestler Mick Foley, he's kind of had some words about Winnie the Pooh and calling it a dysfunctional family. And I'm like, I, I'll do respect to him. I'm just like, dude, shut up. Don't ruin that for me. It's like, do not ruin the perception of Winnie the Pooh for me. It's like, just don't. It's just like if somebody said to me, said to me that with Transformers that Optimus Prime sucked, Rodimus Prime was better. You better be ready to hold me back because I swear I will sucker punch somebody right in the mouth whoever says that to me. It's like, do not knock, do not ruin things of my childhood for me. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that same way. Something that they held dear when from their earlier days. And I've read stuff, I've or read stuff and heard stuff about Facebook having a section or a site for dating. Don't. Because in all honesty, what good can come out of that? I mean, dating sites are hard enough, and they charge an arm and a leg for it. But you got a lot of times people on Facebook. There are still some that pretend to be somebody else when they're really not. I mean, let's face it, we've all, we've all bumped into that at some point during our run with social media, whether it was on AOL or whether it was on Facebook or MySpace or Twitter, myself included on that one. It's not a pleasant experience, and, and I've, had quite, I've had a bout with that one in the past, and let's, let's face it, it's not a pretty sight. It just it's just complicated and Facebook just keep it simple stupid. I mean, just let Facebook be what it's used for or the good stuff that it's used for cuz well, obviously not election-wise that we've saw the damage that Facebook could do with that. But I'm sidestepping away from that. But seriously, a dating thing on Facebook just don't do it. Let that be the one idea you actually walk away from. And I saw a picture of uh, from the movie Venom, which found out it's not going to be tied or tagged in with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I think is a mistake. Because basically you're doing Venom without Spider-Man. I mean, come on, you have to have a Spider-Man linked to it somehow. I mean, it's one of the greatest rivals in Marvel Comics. But, I mean, Venom looks cool. I'm still praying that they don't end up messing this one up because... I mean, I'm still... It took me a long time to recover from how bad Spider-Man 3 was. And I don't care what anyone says, Spider-Man 3 sucked. The Sandman was a bad villain... I didn't like them doing the whole, no, this guy didn't shoot your uncle. It was this guy. Don't screw with the history. And lastly, only 20 stinking minutes of Venom. That's all we get? I mean, so let's hope that this one does not suck. 
I know that Comic-Con is taking place next week. I know because I saw the advertisements for Conan O'Brien doing the show from Comic-Con. But um, I guess one of the biggest things to come out of Comic-Con is that they're going to debut the trailer for Aquaman. You know, can't say we got really a whole lot out of Aquaman in Justice League. But speculation on the internet was that the, in Across the Seas they showed the uh, they showed the trailer for Aquaman and it was well received. In fact, some people were even saying DC finally has a hit other than Wonder Woman. And you know, I've watched Justice League again and I'm one of the few that liked it. I don't, I'm not going to say it's perfect or the best superhero movie ever, but I liked it. There were elements that there were enough elements in it that made me like the movie. I mean, Gal Gadot is great as Wonder Woman. I still don't mind Affleck as Batman. And when he's just Superman, Henry Cavill does all right. I couldn't really get, couldn't really say much about Aquaman. I don't, I still don't like the movie Flash. And well, okay, I actually did. The more I saw it, the more I actually enjoyed Cyborg. And I'm curious to see how they would do his own movie if they actually do it. But um, we'll see what happens with that one. Um, and of course, another thing that I, another panel that's supposed to take place at uh, Comic Con is for the M Night Shyamalan movie Glass, which will be, which is for those of you keeping keeping track. So it's Unbreakable, and then it was Split. And then now it's going to be Glass, which centers on the Samuel L. Jackson character that was introduced in Unbreakable. And I know my buddy Matt's always repeating that line every chance he can. The They call me Mr. Glass. Yeah, I can't do it as well as him. But, um, but yeah, that's what they're leaning towards. I guess it's, the, it's a trilogy that M. Night Shyamalan's trying to do. At least he's going with what works, because after Unbreakable, I stopped. I started to like his movies less and less, with the exception of Split. I wasn't a big fan of Signs. Lady in the Water stunk, and I may be going out of order on this one. Sorry about that. I didn't like Lady in the Water. I definitely did not like... I, I know some people liked The Village. I didn't. And I definitely hated the happening devil i only saw bits and pieces of but even from that i wasn't impressed the last airbender oh boy was that terrible i mean it was bad it's like bad enough you struggle with your own stuff at night but now you gotta actually ruin somebody else's but um he see, but he seemed to finally break his losing streak when he made Split. Here's hoping that Glass actually ends up just as good. I mean, I just like the whole modern modern superhero thing that they did with Unbreakable. That's why I think it, I liked it so much. But, um... So, yeah, big week coming up. Um... Next month in August, I'll be going to a convention uh, for a weekend. 
I'll actually, for those that watch The Vampire Diaries and the originals, I'll actually be going to a convention for that. I'll even be getting my picture taken with some of the cast members of the originals. And um, that'll be a fun weekend. And I'll definitely have the pictures up on Facebook when I get when I get them. That's another panel that I'm anxious to see, even though I'm not going to Comic-Con, but wish I was, is the panel for the show Legacies, which is the spinoff for the Vampire Diaries and the originals. And majority of it is going to center on the daughter of Klaus Michelson, Hope. And, you know, she's really grown on me. I think she's done a great job this season on the originals as Hope Michelson. And I definitely love the interactions between her and her TV family on that show. But I'm really getting nervous. The closer it gets to the end, the more and more nervous I get about about how they're going to end it. Mainly because I, the creator of both shows, she gets a little trigger happy when it comes to killing people, especially in the last season. And we've already seen her kill off, like, two key characters this season. And, like I said, the closer it gets to it, I'm just getting more and more nervous. I mean, to this day, I still think with um, the Vampire Diaries when they, she killed off Enzo, and thus splitting up the coupling of, her, of Enzo and Bonnie, really... You couldn't leave us just one good thing? Come on. But, um, yeah, that'll be a fun weekend, and I'll definitely have the updates on that one. So I'll keep you guys posted on that. And trust me, it's a weekend to myself that's long overdue. Anyway, that being said, I'm going to wrap things up for tonight. I want to thank you guys for listening. And I'll be back next week doing the same old thing, talking more sports, movies, and stuff. And just, well, whatever the heck I want, because, hey, my, my show, and as and the, the key word in the title being variety, so everything is up for grabs on this. So I want to thank you guys. Make sure you check me out on Facebook. I have the group Variety Bites, and, of course, for my wrestling group, it's the Shark Attack, so make sure you guys check out and join them up. Love, love to hear you guys' opinions on that. And make sure you're listening on, on Podbean and on YouTube and subscribing on iTunes. In the meantime, this has been Variety Bites. I am Sean Williams, and people, I am out of here. And to use the diehard quote, well, albeit censored, yippee-ki-yay, mother effers. Life.